0: Amen, we're we're living witnesses of what God has done for us, and that's just just so awesome, amen. I just want to talk to you tonight uh, for just a little bit, for for just not too long, maybe about an hour or two, um, about, um, about the peace of God. I want to talk to you about the peace of God and kind of all the things that tie into that because, you know, whenever, whenever we're walking with the Lord, the peace of God and the joy of God and all of those things just kind of seem to fall into place. Whenever we seek after the kingdom, whenever we seek after God and all, all of His righteousness, all of the things that, that He loves, then everything else begins to, to fall into place. Amen. Before I get into that, I want to tell just a couple of stories of my own, um, and and it, it's it's interesting because when my wife mentioned uh, Luxembourgish as the name as the name of the language that's spoken there, uh, as well as German and French, uh, I was telling uh, Sister Melissa Frost that uh, it's very difficult to learn French, and for that matter, it's it's very difficult to learn any of the un- other languages, um, but Luxembourgish included, and and it kind of got me thinking about. Uh, the different experiences that we've had in learning languages uh, in Spain and in in Luxembourg so um, i don't I don't recall if it was said, but we spent our first ten months in in Barcelona Spain, uh, and then after that we uh, went to Luxembourg to help uh, for about eight months and uh, it was incredible but the the fact of learning, of having to learn the languages was a little bit difficult. It was a little bit tricky. And uh, so when we arrived in Barcelona, which was only my second time leaving the country at all, um, we, we showed up and man, we were just, we were just, ready to take on hell with a couple of squirt guns and and we were just we were just prepared uh to 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 take whatever came at us and so uh, it came time for me to have to go to the grocery store at one point and uh yeah well that that was going to be a whole endeavor uh i was soon to find out so i went to the grocery store and and found a couple of things that looked similar to what we probably have back uh here or rather in texas and and uh and so, picked up a few things, and I came across the water aisle, and they have club soda. Does anybody like club soda? Sparkling, bubbly water. Not, not a whole lot of people like it. So that's awesome. Uh, bitter, sparkly water. Uh, it's, it. I like it. Anyways, <laughs> they have several different types of this club soda, and uh, and so, I found two of the more expensive of the two, and you know, because that means it's better, right, you know, and um, figured there's, there's just one way to solve which one of these I should get, and so I found one of the, one of the people that worked there, and uh, he did not look like a Spaniard, but, but I approached him anyways, and, and, I, and I said, uh, you know, I, I posed him a question. I said, uh, este es mujer, and uh, somebody speaks Spanish in this house? Anybody speak Spanish in the house tonight? No? Okay. All right. Well, he looked at me, and, uh, and I was trying to find out which one was better. And this man looked at me, and he just said, no. And, and so I thought maybe I just wasn't saying it right. You know, I, once again, he didn't look like a Spaniard. Maybe he was from somewhere else, you know. And so I just said it again. I said, ¿este es mujer? And he said, No. No and uh you know i i I grabbed a bottle and and just you know felt you know maybe he just maybe he's new here, you know <laughs> maybe he's new here. I will say i Garcia, I am Hispanic, but I am of the, the 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 crowd that did not grow up speaking Spanish, so sorry to disappoint um but so I had to rely on what I had learned on youtube and so. I walked out of that store, and it wasn't until maybe a couple of weeks later that I found out what I was really saying. You see, uh, mejor means better. Yeah. Mujer means woman. <laughs> so I was quite disappointed in myself when I discovered that I was asking this man, you know, this is a woman? Of which I now understood his response of, no, (laughs) that's not, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be so bad unless I I hadn't asked him twice. (laughs) You know, that, that was really the issue. But uh, yeah, it's I'm, I've I've got I've got stories of me trying to figure out languages, so it's it's been quite fun. Uh, maybe after after service we can talk about it a little bit more because I've 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 got more. But um, but anyhow, the Lord is working on me. The Lord is teaching us. Hopefully, next time that we go back, we'll be able to go to school and get some get some formal classes, some formal lessons uh, of of you know, the languages that are there and present. Uh, my wife is currently uh, learning French. She actually took some in high school, so it's, it's kind of coming back to her a bit, um, and I'm trying to learn uh, German on my end. So hopefully, between the two of us, we'll be able to tackle it. Luxembourgish, I'm not even going to try to speak that language. It's all kinds of uh, odd. They have tied in there, they have English, German, French, Portuguese, Spanish. Uh, is there anything else in there? And Luxembourgish? I think a little bit of Dutch. Yeah, you're right. So it's, it's, if you speak any of those languages, and Hallie and I have said this many times, if you speak any of those languages, you'll be able to hear this language and think, man, I, I, I'm sure they're speaking you know, some of my languages. You know how when somebody is speaking to you in English and then they switch over to a different language really fast, you feel like you're, you're in the middle of a stroke, and you're just like, whoa, whoa. I don't, my, my brain's not helping me here, you know, one of those things, but, um, but like I said, God is, God is the one who has grace and mercy, and so we're just, we're trusting in him for all of that, um, man, he has been so good, he has showed us so many things, he has taught us so many things in the midst of this, and, uh, and I mean, Lord, we've only been out there for, for about 18 months so far, and, and already I've got so many stories to tell of how God has just wrapped his arms around us and how he's wrapped his arms around other people that we've encountered, and, and he just walks with us. And, and I, can, I can look back and I can just see how God has paved the way in our lives. I can look back and I can just say, oh, I, I now see what he was trying to do there and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that we serve that type of God. Amen. I wonder if you could stand with me for just a, just a moment. Um, I do have a, a... And for it here, I'd like to turn to uh, the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. And, of course, I want to thank Pastor Szyboski. Shib- Szyboski. Shib- Shibos- so. Oh, oh, I've said it all wrong. That's payback for getting her name wrong. <laughs> no, uh, as my wife said, uh, everyone has been so awesome and so kind to us, and that does not exclude uh, your pastor and any of you. Uh, y'all have been awesome, and thank you so much for the opportunity to, to speak to you here today. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Verses 6 through 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And this is my favorite part. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. That means my logic can't, can't handle it shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. I, I wonder if you would pray with me for, for just a moment before you're seated in this house. Dear Lord, we, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done. God, I'm, I'm thankful to be in this house here. I'm thankful, dear Lord, to be, to be speaking, oh God, amongst such awesome people. God, I'm so grateful, oh Lord, for your word and for your power, Jesus. I ask, dear Lord, that you would anoint us here in this room. Lord, let me be a vessel, dear God, that's just here to do your bidding and do your work. I pray that the Holy Ghost would rest upon us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the church said amen. Somebody, somebody give the Lord some praise as you're seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Some things begin to change when I say hallelujah. Mountains begin to move when I say, Lord, I love you and I praise you now. Some things begin to shift in the atmosphere when I begin to worship the only true God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Here in this house, thank you so much for standing for the reading of the word. You may have noticed that I, I don't have my hands on a physical Bible. I'm so sorry for that. I've just I failed my own pastor by that means. But in the midst of all of our traveling and all of this moving around, I, my Bible is in uh, storage. Uh, <clears throat> but worry not, I'm, I'm, I'm to get a new one very soon. I'm very excited about it. So... In this passage of scripture here, the, the phrase that, that we encounter first is to be careful for nothing. And that be careful there, it, it does not mean to be cautious as, as perhaps a mother would be cautious who, who tells her child to, to watch for cars, to, to be careful and not touch the stove because it, it might be hot. To to be careful about you know you know what is around them the sharp, sharp and, and, and pointy objects that that might be near them. This phrase in the Greek is meromnao. It literally means to be full of care. So much that it that it keeps you up at night. It's to care so much that that you are full of it, and there is no room for for even your own logic, or for God's planning. You will become anxious and find it hard to concentrate on your daily tasks. And maybe thoughts of worry interrupt your mind like an intruder in your own home. I feel like the Lord wants to interrupt those thoughts tonight and maybe tell you that victory is coming. Those thoughts that you have become a slave to have existed for too long. So I would like for us today to lift up our faces unto God and allow the Lord to speak victory into our lives so that we can conquer and take back our minds and our peace tonight. Amen. Weeping may endure for the night, somebody, but joy is coming. Joy's just over the horizon. We just have to outlast it a little bit longer. Amen. We just have to trust in God and trust in his word and trust that everything that he has said is true to us. Amen. Amen. So I kinda I kinda as I said, I kinda just want to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that we've that we've encountered and, and kind of tie it into this here tonight. As I mentioned, God has has taught us a lot of things, and so we've we've encountered a lot of situations. Uh, we were when we were in Barcelona, uh, we were helping out uh, a a small, almost like a home missions church. It felt like I guess almost every church feels like a home missions church when you're uh, when you're overseas, but. But we were helping them out and we never really knew what they were going to need help with from Sunday to Sunday. So some days I was, I was working in the, in the media team and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just pushing some buttons and, and some days they would ask me to preach. Uh, some days they would ask my wife to, to speak or to, for us to sing. Or We really had no idea what was coming. On Sundays, and so we really just had to buckle up and just kind of allow God to, to work through us because sometimes we didn't really know the, 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 the specific profession or we didn't really know exactly that job description or what we were going to be doing, and at other times we had to learn to work with people, you know, and, and missions people, they're, they're a different breed of people, I'll tell you that, we're, we are odd individuals, we really are. I mean, it's like uh, it's like all all the and yeah, and it's like all the homeschool kids went overseas. That's what it's like. And I can say that because I'm homeschooled. I was homeschooled, anyways, um, K through 12, the whole way. So I'm, I'm through and through. But in any case, um, you have to learn how to how to work with with people. And and you know, many times you have to do that in jobs or you know at, at school or or. If you want to succeed in anything, you have to learn how to work with people. But when you begin to encounter different cultures, everything just kind of gets a little mucky. And and so, you know, you've you've got that whole thing to figure out. The Lord also taught us how to be alone for a little bit. When we went to Luxembourg, there was a whole lot of no one there to meet us. We got to to meet the appointed missionaries there, the the Favors, Brother Jeremy and Sister Krista Favors. Uh, They're they're excellent people, Uh, but we only met them over the course of of two days, and and that was in February, and then we got there in April, and by the time we got there, they were already in the U.S. And so we just kind of arrived, and we got to our little apartment, and we said, well, okay, this this is it. And in the midst of all of that, in the midst of that alone time, because in the, in the city that they, that they live in, in the city that that, is, that, uh, that apartment is in, it's very quiet. And, and you can actually, at night, hear your own blood pumping. I'm not joking. You can hear your own blood pumping. And so, as you can imagine, you get to think about you a whole lot. And if you're, if you're normal, then... You know, you begin to think about your issues. Maybe you begin to think about the things that might be wrong with you. Amen. Sunday, I had the opportunity to preach to a couple of churches: uh, the the Griffiths Church, uh, West Monroe, and then uh, Pastor um, Hammonds um, in Benton, in Benton, Illinois. And it was it was awesome. We were we were really glad that we got to do that. But I got to preach a, a message for them about Adam and Eve. And, and the the title of the message was, Who told you that you were naked? And I began to focus kind of on, on that question that God asked Adam as Adam approached him in the in his fallen state, and his in his state that he had just was brand new to because of his previous sin. And you see the issue is is that Adam and Eve were always naked. They were always that way. They were always vulnerable. And a lot of people they begin to, you know, they don't they don't always think of the fact that Adam and Eve being in this state meant a lot in terms of how vulnerable they were and where they were. You see, being clothed and and having some some coverage on you is oftentimes a, a very important part of survival. But in the midst of their vulnerability, it wasn't until Adam and Eve had sinned that he realized his vulnerability. And my argument was simply that that was invalid up until they had left the will of God. Up until the point that they had stepped out of the will of God and they had disobeyed him and God's command to them. It wasn't an issue that they were vulnerable. And so we, in Luxembourg, began to feel the, the, the weight of that. We began, to, we began to pick ourselves apart, I guess you could say, and kind of just identify all of the issues that we had inside. And, and we said, wow, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of mess going on here. Meanwhile, the Lord quietly and in a faint whisper was asking us, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were vulnerable because before now you were under my wing and I was the one protecting you. And you didn't have to go grasp at pieces of the world in order to try and make yourself feel more comfortable. You didn't have to grasp at pieces of the world in order to try and cover up what you thought was wrong with you. Amen. The Lord also taught us how to trust him a little bit. And that's probably the biggest part that really, kind of, that really kind of helped us out there. You see, in Psalms chapter 4, verse 8, it says, I will both lie down in peace, this is David speaking, and sleep. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Amen. And Colossians 3, chapter chapter 3, verse 15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Amen. The peace of God isn't just something that, that we should easily shrug off. The peace of God is something that comes with being his child. The peace of God is something that we have a right to, and it's something that we have a calling to achieve. God has called us to his peace, because when we have the peace of God, that means that we have obeyed his word, and we are in his will. Amen. And I, I, I've loved that we've been able to see this firsthand. There have been times, I can, I can tell you of the times, church, that Hallie and I have wondered what was going to happen next, and... and before all of this, before missions, I was I was a, a, a stockbroker at, at Fidelity Investments. I told your told your pastor about all of this, and and it was a really great job, as you might imagine. It was a great opportunity, and I was uncomfortable in the midst of that job because the Lord was pulling me. The Lord was calling me, and He said, "I this isn't what I this is this was temporary. I supplied this for you because I need you." elsewhere. And so as, as this page came to a close, I, I, was, I was able to ask my job for the opportunity to have six months leave of absence and they gave it to me. What a, what a crazy job. They gave it to me and I, I asked for that absence so that I could go on our first six months in Barcelona, Spain. And they gave it to me, and I don't believe that that was an accident by any means. But shortly after that six months, when Hallie and I decided that we were going to stay a bit longer, I I decided to uh, write my letter of resignation, and I I went ahead and and left that company, entrusting that God was going to supply our every need from then on. And so we came back home after we were in Barcelona, after... uh, you know, 10 months, 10 months time. There was a little chunk of time in which we came back home, but, but after 10 months of, of being in Barcelona, we were out of money. You kind of, as Amers, you kind of just go until it, until it's gone. And, uh, and so we came back home and, and we were fresh out of cash and that was just the way that it was. And, and I said, well, I guess we'll, you know, start trying to find some places to preach or maybe I can mow a, a couple of lawns. I am a Mexican, after all. I should be good at that. I should be able to, should be able to knock that into overdrive. Just pull from, pull from my gene pool and, and make it happen. And um, so we we we're in Texas now. We we don't have any money, and I couldn't find any lawns to mow. And so I say, dear Lord, <laughs> this is it. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget pulling up to that bank and looking at my account. And lo and behold, Fidelity, this, this company that I, that I worked for previously, they had deposited about $3,000 into my account. I didn't work for these people anymore. Amen. <laughs> hey, but I worked for the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm here to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, that, that this is not me. Amen. Nothing that we do is in our own image. Nothing that we ever do is, is from our own hands. But when we begin to see what God does, if we are in the will of God and, and we're seeking after the calling of God, it doesn't have to be a pulpit ministry. It could it could be anything. But if it's the will of God, He'll take care of the every single need that you need in your life. He sees the small things. He knows the things that you long for even when they aren't necessary. Amen. Before my, me and my wife left Luxembourg, she loves the snow. And, and she prayed, and she said, you know, God, because we had left, every place that we had left, it snowed right after that. And she said, God, you know, I just want to see some snow. And what was it, two days? The day before we left, it snowed. That's crazy. That's crazy. The little prayers. The little things. Amen. I begin to look at Saul and how he disobeyed the Lord, how he fell out of that perfect will, that perfect alignment, as I, as I love to talk about it in that manner. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 28, the Philistines set up camp nearby, and King Saul looks and he takes just one look. The NIV says he took one look. And he begins to shake with fear. You see, when Saul began to fall out of that will of God, things got real uncomfortable for him real fast. And so what's he do? He says, I, I, oh, hey, help me, find, help me find one of those black magic magicians. Help me, help me find some, some messed up chick. That can, that can stir up my old mentor Samuel for me and, and maybe he can tell me what to do. And I find that so comical because even in, his, even in his panic, even in his deepest fears, he doesn't go to the Lord. Even in his deepest moments, he grabs at humanity, at what once was. We won't find peace there. My God. We have to be kingdom-minded, and I, I'm, I'm no professional at this. I'm not coming before you today as a perfect example of this. My Lord, I haven't told you all the bumps along the way to get here. <clears throat> but we have to know the heart of God. And when we focus on the things of God, he focuses on the rest. My pastor says, just remember that God's shovel is always bigger. That means that when we begin to bless the kingdom of God, in turn, he, he turns right around and he'll just plop a whole shovel full of blessings upon our lives. Amen. That means joy unspeakable. Amen. That means peace. That passes all understanding. That means when in my mind I cannot logically wrap my mind around the things that are going on, God says, listen, you're my child. He says, listen, I died for you. He said, I've called you to a certain place in my kingdom. And when you begin to chase after me, when you begin to chase after those things, I've got blessings in store for you. And one of them that's coming right up to you is peace that passes all understanding. Mighty God I'm just here to testify to you Really today church That's all I'm here to do So do we want to be in the will of God Do we want to have the peace of God We focus on His kingdom Because when we focus on the kingdom of God We will be in His will And we will have His peace God has created uh, humanity so that when we are outside of his will, we are uncomfortable. We are anxious. That's why this whole world is in turmoil right now. That's why there are issues around the world. That's why there are issues in our own country. Amen. It doesn't mean that everything will always be perfect, but we will always have the peace of God. Amen. There are so many times when things have been chaotic around me. But I, I just have a smile. Because I know, it's, hey, it's not my circus. It's not my monkeys, man. It's, but God, it's God's circus. Amen. He's got the whole thing figured out. I, I can't see it. Amen. It looks like chaos to me, but I know that he's got it worked out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The text we read from here says, With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. In other words, if we worship the Lord with our lives, our understanding will be passed up by His peace. It's so much easier when God takes care of all of our troubled thoughts instead of us trying to work it out with our own logic. It it goes straight back to that that garden experience when we find Adam and Eve grasping at leaves and grasping at things in this world in order to try and make themselves just a little bit more comfortable. But God said, you know what? The only thing that's going to take care of this is my blood. The only thing that's going to take care of this is a a blood sacrifice. And, And so that's why he came to us. That's why he came to this earth is to make that final blood sacrifice for us So that once and for all he could give us the opportunity to be wrapped in, in his robe That kingly robe There's no better example of a time that God is in control Than, we are, than when we are face to face with him at an altar when the Spirit is moving, and that's, that's oftentimes when you get that real ugly cry face. It's oftentimes when, you're, when your eyes get all puffed up and your face is red and you're just all snotty and nasty. It's in those moments when you're just blubbering in tongues in total worship to Him. I would like to read an article to you from the New York Times, and I'm, I'm coming to a close. I said it wasn't going to be long. New York Times in 2006, it's uh, it's a very well-known news industry, but it's, uh, it's the research at the University of Pennsylvania. And they took brain images of five women while they spoke in tongues and found that their frontal lobes, the thinking willful part of the brain through which people control what they do were relatively quiet as were the language centers. The regions involved in maintaining self-consciousness were active. The women were not in blind trances and it was unclear which region was driving the behavior. I wonder what it could be. But what if we could just have that all the time? I think they call it walking in the Holy Ghost. I think they call it walking with the Lord. I think they call it those days that you just decide to wake up in the morning and you say, God, I'm just going to walk with you today. God, I don't know what's coming my way. I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I'm going to let that handle itself. And I have no idea what's going to happen today. I don't know what's going to happen at work today, God. And I don't know where my bills are going to get paid from. But I'm just going to walk with you. Because that's all that matters. The things in this world are so temporal. The things in this world are just so so meaningless when it comes down to it. But when I'm walking with you, everything's just all right. Romans 8 Verse 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me tonight? Amen. I wasn't really sure where I was gonna go with this. I I knew that I was kind of just gonna come and talk to you tonight and, and just share our burden and share some of the things that that I've been feeling in my life. Some of the things that have kind of just been been on my mind and some things that God has helped me take care of personally. And I hope that it's I hope that it's ministered to you. But but overall, that research there from Pennsylvania State, it speaks to me so greatly because when I'm just one-on-one with God, when I'm just one-on-one in that, in that place, at my altar, wherever I've set it up, at my altar, when I find myself there, God takes control. And He doesn't just take control of the things around me, but He takes control of my mind. He begins to set into place some Peace. He begins to set into place some joy and that's really where joy comes from because when we have peace and when we're walking with the Lord, He just begins to fill us with joy. If you're in the house tonight and you've never experienced this, if you're in the house tonight and you don't have this Holy Ghost, you're in the right spot. If you're in the house tonight and you're looking for some peace like this, you're in the right place. I want to let you know that this altar is open. I don't know how you guys do Wednesday nights, but this altar is open if you're seeking peace. If you're seeking just a closer walk with God. Maybe you have peace somehow, but you just want to be a little bit more near to Him. This is the place for it. Amen. This altar is open now. Dear Father, we love you, Dear Father, we seek.